Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created with the intention of helping others to help themselves. You will hear me feature amazing souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I have hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it begins with love, love from the hip. William Reich, an Austrian doctor and psychoanalyst, found a connection between free flow energy in the body and various psychological problems. Claiming these manifested as muscular armor or the expression of the personality in the way the body moves. This became known as Reichian therapy or somatic psychotherapy, encompassing body psychotherapy, which emphasizes the reciprocal relationships within body and mind, and vegetotherapy, which involves the physical manifestations of emotions. Reich also began a series of lab experiments in 1935 at the University of Oslo to verify what he believed to be an existence of a physical, biological energy expressed as emotions. He was able to use human subjects and measured the charge at the skin surface related to pleasurable and unpleasurable emotions. He discovered that a pleasure is a movement of biological energy towards the periphery of the body, whereas one less pleasurable, like anxiety, for example, is a movement of energy towards the center. He also determined that the energy was electrical. He called this orgone energy, coined from orgasm or organism, and he believed his, this energy to permeate into the universe as well. He went on to invent devices to capture the orgone energy and called these orgone accumulators. He first used them on mice with cancer and had great success. So he later made them larger to fit humans to address health conditions. He also invented what he called cloud busters, which were machines he used to send orgon energy into the atmosphere to make it rain. Reich had a lot of clinical observations on sexual energy as well, determining that sexual satisfaction alleviated neurotic symptoms. Although Freud had coined libido, most psychologists at the time defined it as an idea. Reich, a close associate of Freud, took sexuality further and proved that libido was more of an energy and less of an idea. He proved that an orgasm could be measured quantitatively and that they were necessary to maintain energy equilibrium. Unfortunately, Reich was expelled from the International Psychoanalytic Association for opposing the rise of the Nazi party. He had to flee to America to escape the Nazis and was later ridiculed for his work with orgone energy. Reich was accused of these machines being fraudulently presented as sexual and medical devices. The FDA subsequently took a 10-year campaign to destroy Reich's work, which not only included the destruction of his devices, but also burning his literary works as well. Reich ended up dying in the Lewisburg Penitentiary, where he served his two-year sentence. In his will, Reich stated that his unpublished papers would be locked away until 2007, 50 years after his death, when men would be ready for his concepts. Currently, scientists and psychologists are revisiting orgone energy and other theories and discoveries Reich had tried to bring to light, only to better humankind and the world. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Reichian and somatic psychotherapist and founder of the Men's Fire series, Jeff James Howard. He will be sharing his insight on Reichian psychotherapy, as well as what men struggle with psychologically and sexually, and some tips to overcome these challenges. So stick around after this quick break. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept. Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and that's Love from the Hip, H-Y-P. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Reikian and somatic psychotherapist and founder of the Men's Fire series, Jeff James Howard. Thank you for being here today, Jeff. Yeah, you're so welcome. Sir. All the way from Boulder, correct? That's right. All the way from Colorado. <laughs> so how long have you been practicing somatic or Reikian psychotherapy? Uh, I've been practicing for about seven years. Okay. And can you give us an example of how you would use that to help a patient? 
Well, probably some background is important. Sure. Um, typically, I work with people <clears throat> who are struggling with multiple things, and the way Reich views um, challenges typically through the body. Um, it's some form of contraction in the body, some kind of holding. So through a mixture of somatic awareness, basically like body awareness, uh, a version of mindfulness that's more focused on sensations and emotions, mm-hmm. um, and the use of breath, uh, help people get in contact with what's actually going on in their bodies um, and also the ways in which they're subverting or interrupting or moving away from the discomfort, the okay. painful feelings. Yeah, so it's a lot of pent-up emotions that you're actually physically seeing in the body. Yeah, and they make themselves manifest in all manner of not good things. Right. So why would that be more beneficial than regular psychotherapy? Well, if we're looking at regular psychotherapy as talk therapy, which most people, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's most common. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's the most studied, it's the most trackable, um, and it's the most effective, but largely because it's the easiest to study. Mm-hmm. Um, there's limitations. Certainly we can change our thinking, and sometimes that changes our behavior. Oftentimes it's a superficial change. So it's great for a while, and then it comes back. So I think the one of the benefits is that it changes our relationship to the things that we don't like. Hmm. Um, and in my work, I work to help people find value in all of their experience, not just happiness, not just pleasure, uh, especially short-lived pleasures, mm-hmm. you know, food, sex, drugs, those kinds of things. Um, so it, it's it's about slowing down, shifting your relationship to the stories that you live with, grew up with, mm-hmm. which usually are part of how, how we get stuck. Okay. Yeah. Do you think also that somatic therapy works because you're not, I mean, I would imagine that a lot of us tend to hide what we're also experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. And so the body really can't hide that. I mean, it's harder. I mean, not saying that it can't, sure. but do you find that is true? Yes. <clears throat> I think that's a, a great point that, the body doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Reich talked about this. I talk about this. There is no BS in the body. Right. If I notice something and I inquire and there's a safe enough container, if there's enough trust between me and my client, um, then we actually get to change the relationship to it. Right. right? And, and actually help a person become aware that they're hiding it. Okay. Become aware that they're subverting it. Yeah. Um, because we're really clever. Okay. We're good at keeping things from ourselves. That was actually my next question was, are we able to then establish more of a relationship and cue into what our body's experiencing and what we're feeling and how this is manifesting in our body? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's not rocket science. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think part of the challenge that I face as a clinician is that people often, they they feel so stuck that change seems impossible. Mm. Um, And it's really not... (laughs) Yeah. Like I've got this tea in my hand and it's a paper cup and it's warm. If I'm with this tea in this paper cup, wow, I'm able to be present. Mm -hmm. That's actually training for being being present, Mm. being more in my experience. It's it's not it's not uh, at its core level. It's not some crazy wild therapy concept. Yeah, it's not a wild concept. It's really about the practice, which also brings me back to Reich. So do you think that he was right in saying that we're ready now for his concepts? Or do you think we're still not ready? Well, I love <laughs> that you looked that up, and, and that's a great question. Uh, you know, 2007. In ways, uh, I would say we're not ready. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, I would say it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why the, the explosion and infusion of somatic therapies in all different modalities, many of which I think you know and practice, is happening because we're hungry for it. So mm-hmm. it, I think psychically, intellectually, are we ready for it in quotes? That's hard to say. Mm. Certainly, people are hungry for it. Uh, do you see the distinction yeah, I'm making? Yeah, absolutely. That intellectually, maybe we're not ready, but experientially, uh, we're hungry for it. And when it shows up in the body and we actually can relate to that experience, I think then our brains and our egos can get on board with, oh, maybe this is better than what I, like, perseverating, for mm-hmm. instance, or obsessing, or all the other ways that work temporarily, but long-term don't work. Okay. Um, do you work with children as well with somatic psychotherapy? Well, kids are so marvelous. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I was in Washington State where I started my practice, I usually had a handful of kids that I worked with. Um, and I don't so much work with kids anymore. Occasionally a child will come through from a referral. And the pleasure of working with children is that most of this is self-evident. Mm-hmm. It's like therapy for me because mm-hmm. I get to get on the floor. I get to play. I get to just have conversations that don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. Because kids have this gorgeous, innate capacity, like we all do, but they have greater access to it, to be honest. Right. That hurts. Or I'm confused. Or can we stop playing this and play this? Sure. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't work with kids much, and they're so, I love kids. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, too, that somatic psychotherapy would be so effective for them with especially with the rise in ADHD and parents complaining and teachers complaining about the kids not being able to sit still. And so there's constant body movement that I would imagine would be, you know, revealing what's going on on a psychological level. Yeah, absolutely. Kids are also really brilliant in that sense. Um, And the direct instruction model is so terrible for our bodies. Mm. Like I remember being a kid and just, you know, tapping my foot (laughs) and moving, twitching my arm and flipping a pencil and typically getting reprimanded for it. Mm-hmm. When I believe that's intelligence in action. Yeah. That we're sitting in the same place for hours on end. Right. How is that good for a kid? Right. And it's just the body's way of expressing itself. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Okay. So aside from your private practice, which is in Boulder, is that correct? It is in Boulder, yeah. Okay. And so you have the Men's Fire Series. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? Well, the Men's Fire Series came about when I was still living in Washington State, I was largely dissatisfied with the depth in the relationships I had with men. Mm-hmm. So my male friends um, certainly had a handful of good friends. But overall, I was really not inspired and, and was trying to find a way to deepen my connection with men, with myself and other men, between men. And so I started a, uh, just a peer group in Washington, um, and it's still going today which is lovely, some three-and-a-half-ish years later. Mm. And when I moved to Boulder, it became clear that uh, in forming new community, I wanted to dive in even deeper to talk about sex, intimacy, wound, uh, masculinity, uh, all the kinds of things that men typically don't talk about in a substantive way. Mm -hmm. So I started the Men's Fire series, and it's literally in the ground in a kiva, which is dug six feet into the ground, and we have these meetings around a fire, huh. thus the name. So it's an internal fire and it's an external fire. And why the fire? Well, it, similar to what in our conversation earlier around uh, non-ordinary states of being, mm. fire is one of the most primeval, central, old world experiences that we have as humans. Mm-hmm. Attending a fire doesn't require intellect. It requires awareness. It requires attunement. Um, and that's part of the encouragement is that the men get to tend the fire from wherever they sit. Mm. Um, and so it's that way to be in our bodies, to be with something outside of ourselves that needs attention. Mm-hmm. To basically take us offline so we're not so in our, you know, in stuck head. in our heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of also going back to more of the ancient, you know, gatherings, right? Where men were mm-hmm. always around fire. Yeah, yeah precisely. And it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it cuts us down a couple levels in important ways makes us all the same, um, mm. levels the playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the elements, especially uh, this recent group uh, just concluded Tuesday. And, you know, typically we're talking, we're having a group in temperatures in the high 20s, low 30s. Oh, boy. And <laughs> it gets cold. So we're in right. the elements. We're, we're huddled together, depending on the temperature. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it brings us to a different place where we're not so intellectually centered, cognitively centered. Mm-hmm. So we're more able to express from our hearts, express from our our more tender places. And this is less of somatic psychotherapy, right? Because otherwise it would be hard, I would imagine, being shivering cold. And <laughs> well, <laughs> we're not shivering cold, then, but, but certainly yeah. chilly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you always know that you were going to work with men? No, I sure didn't. Okay. I actually never imagined myself working with men. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a challenging relationship with my father and didn't anticipate being any kind of mentor or role model for men. Mm. So it was really predicated on listening to what was coming through mm-hmm. in terms of, all right, well, seems like I need to start a men's group. Huh. 
okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then the response has been overwhelming. Every single group I've offered, which in Boulder is a half dozen in the last year and a half, has filled. And that's not common. Mm. I feel really grateful. And also it feels like it's somewhat out of my hands. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I know that you said that it stemmed from your relationships, your personal relationships with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what was missing is the depth to your friendships, even having had them, I would imagine, for a long time. Yeah, I think the permission um, and the model to talk about things mm-hmm. um, outside of the normal milieu of men, which is pretty narrow, mm-hmm. right? Sports, how, how great the sex was and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, conquests. Of Conquest. sorts, yeah. or how crappy work is, or you know those kinds of things, which are important to talk about, and they're not enough. Right. So uh, when I started these groups in Boulder, it became evident that the hunger was so present hmm. for a deeper experience, mm-hmm. for community, for um, camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like we're not in this alone. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com, S-A-K-U. URAskinandmind.com. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Years in the making, Doctor recommended and available through Amazon. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm currently looking for people to hypnotize for free, as long as you are willing to share your experience later on the air. So if you are interested, please email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Reiki and, and somatic psychotherapist and founder of the Men's Fire series, Jeff James Howard. And so before the break, you were kind of talking about what, what 
made you create the Men's Fire series, Mm -hmm. and that came from your relationships with your friends, correct? So I have to ask, because I feel like men tend to gravitate towards more negative things as far as camaraderie, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had a really bad day. My job sucks. Traffic's awful. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Do you believe that is true? Well, I think we're all looking for connection however we can find it um, in a safe enough way. Mm-hmm. And the low-hanging fruit of relationship uh, are things like, yeah, traffic sucks. My boss is a jerk. Um, gosh, my wife sure is mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what I see there, uh, certainly in my practice, and this, I'm going to speak to another part of why these groups began, I think, is... Um, it's a it's a plea for can we talk about things that matter? Mm-hmm. It's just the entry point tends to keep us pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I try to hold myself accountable. If someone's talking about their you know, job being terrible or their relationship being horrible, or this, that, and the other thing, I try to ask direct questions so I get a sense of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I might say, well, what's your deeper experience? What do you notice about yourself when this happens? And not just as a therapist, but certainly in my men's groups and in my own relationships. Um, so, yeah, it does feel like that's part of how we get conditioned to relate mm-hmm. is that let's keep it light. You know, let's keep it direct, but not deep or sensitive or abstract or, you know, let's not speak to what we don't know because right. that's a sign of weakness. Okay, And so. don't show a sign of weakness. Right. <laughs> right. Don't show weakness. Is, is that how you were raised? Uh, I was certainly raised with that deeply powerful, implicit message mm. that it, it is it is vital for me to be tough. Mm. Yeah, which ended up being really brutal. Right, right. So yeah. you weren't able to really express how you were feeling or what was going on. With no, you. no. The vehicle for me was either make a joke or be aggressive, mm. and I was not the aggressive type. Mm-hmm. So I made a joke. Mm. Made lots of jokes when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. All right. But instead of becoming a comedian, <laughs> mm-hmm. you actually went into psychology. Well, I was. I've had a few lifetimes. Uh, <laughs> I was in theater for a while okay. and, and did a little bit of comedy. And yeah. um, it took me, I didn't go to grad school for therapy until I was in my mid-late 30s. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how often does your men's group meet? Well, <clears throat> so the men's group, as I lead the men's fire series, um, they are nine week sessions and we meet weekly mm-hmm. um, for two and a half hours. The first and last meetings are three hours because those are first meetings where we talk about protocol, mm. which I find to be vital. And this is a skill for anyone and certainly men. And it's setting context. Mm. What are the rules of engagement? I think that's one of the challenges as, as men is that we don't really know what's okay. Hmm. we're not really trained or, or, or con- conditioned to attune. Mm-hmm. What we are trained to do is to be decisive. Right. And that doesn't really require much of us in the way of going over there to say you, Sakura, and saying, hey, how are you doing? What would you like to talk about? Uh, would it be okay to talk about X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're really hmm. educated to do. Okay. Yeah. So... It- the, anyway, the, the first meeting is setting context. That's why it's three hours, so we have enough time. And the last meeting is about endings and uh, reflections and appreciation. Okay. Yeah. And so are there different levels to it? Mm. I'm trying to figure that out because okay. I've had enough repeating men Yeah. of the six groups. Um, I think certainly men have done four of them, three of them, two of them. Um, and I'm trying to figure that out about uh, an advanced group and a more foundational group. And what I find, too, that's quite valuable is that as the men repeat the groups and there are new men who either have very little experience or no experience, it gives the repeating men a chance to take on more leadership roles Mm, and actually practice the skills they're learning in the group Mm -hmm. uh, where they model by way of vulnerable shares. Mm -hmm. They model by way of compassionate and fierce challenge to someone's statement Right. uh, to be able to have the both end of enough safety, enough trust that men feel, wow, this is possible. <laughs> so um, I'm, unde- I'm undecided and Way divided about an advanced group, quote unquote, because okay. I, I do like the cross-pollination mm-hmm. uh, and the ways in which all the men take on different roles. Yeah, well, that's yeah. great that other men actually get to see 
wow, what, what, we're, what we're talking about is really working. It's really sticking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's becoming yeah. natural, right? It's yeah. not anything that they have to go and force themselves to think about. It's becoming more habit. Precisely. Correct? Okay. Yeah. So do you draw men from all walks of life and all ages? Yeah, I do. Boulder's, Boulder's definitely a bubble. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, fairly conservative, fairly white community. And I have men from ages 21, 22, all the way up to 60. Okay. Um, I've gay men in my group, uh, African-American men. So it's diverse, I think, for the, for the area. Mm-hmm. It's pretty lovely in that way. Okay. So yeah. what kinds of topics do you address? Well, we get pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly talk about sex and sexuality. Okay. Um, we talk about participation. Um, <clears throat> the first meeting used to always be, for the first five sessions, uh, intimacy. Mm. And how do we define intimacy? What is intimacy to you? Where does it show up in your life? What do you long for it? Um, because most men are conditioned to equate uh, one-to-one. Intimacy equals sex. Mm. And that's such a disservice and such a narrow slice of what's possible in terms of engagement, uh, intimate engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I changed the first meeting this recent round to, to showing up. Mm. I realized, wait a minute, if we don't know how to show up, that's not going to bode well for the rest of our lives. Right. How do we participate and really investigate where are the ways we feel like we're really showing up in our life? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And where are the ways where we're collapsing or disappearing or posturing, not really showing up with our full selves? Um, and we talk about wound, talk about shadow. Um, we'll talk about um, the masculine, masculinity, mm-hmm. and get into the nitty-gritty of what that looks like and you know how many of us, if, if not all of us, equated to what it means to be a man mm-hmm. and working to make separate, to delineate between masculine energy and male anatomy. They mm-hmm. are not synonymous necessarily, uh, that we have feminine energy, we have masculine energy. We have energy that we can't quantify. Mm. Um, and certainly we've had groups that we've talked about infidelity. Uh, we've talked about trust. We've talked about power quite often. Uh, strength, the differences between those things. Mm. Okay. Yeah. A lot of topics. <laughs> a lot of topics. <laughs> well, I'm going to get more specific with you. We're going to have to take a quick break, though. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. On this weekly skinny, with winter here and the dry heat blasting indoors while temps are dropping outside, I would like to discuss dry skin versus dehydrated skin. There is actually a difference between dry skin and dehydrated skin. Basically, dry skin, which is a skin type, is characterized by less oil, and dehydrated skin, which is a skin condition, is characterized by less water. Dry skin lacks oil because it produces less sebum, which means the skin is without the lipids needed to not only retain moisture, but also to have a strong barrier to external factors. Dehydrated skin is caused by external factors like water intake, environment, caffeine and alcohol consumption, as well as diet. You can actually do a quick pinch test for dehydrated skin. Pinch your cheek. If it is wrinkling with gentle pressure instead of holding its shape, then your skin cells are definitely desperate for water. Dry skin will appear flaky and may feel itchy and uncomfortable. Dehydrated skin will feel tight, look dull, and you may also notice more wrinkles and dark circles beneath your eyes. To treat dry skin, you will want to not only amp up on topical vitamins, antioxidants, and peptides, but you'll also want to use a moisturizer that actually penetrates your epidermis. To treat dehydrated skin, aside from adjusting your diet and increasing your water intake, you can also try including supplements like fish oil or flaxseed. Of course, both dry skin and dehydrated skin will also benefit from regular clinical facials. Don't let those cracks get the best of you this winter. Book your clinical facial with Sakura Skin in Mind today, 206-730-7429. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. 
Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget, this show airs right here every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Reikian and somatic psychotherapist and founder of the Men's Fire series, Jeff James Howard. And so before the break, you were talking about intimacy. Well, you were talking about some of the topics that you guys go over in your men's fire group. Um, Can you explain to us what intimacy is to you or what it means? Oh, boy. That is a juicy question. (laughs) Um, A dear, uh, a dear, dear woman in my life once defined intimacy as reciprocal impact. Mm. Um, And where that lands for me is that Reciprocal impact could mean a lot of things. It could mean that my relationship with the river I'm standing next to, dragging my fingers in, there's reciprocal impact, right? I'm changing the flow of the river and I'm having an experience with my hands in the water. Um, It could also mean intensity. Um, That actually, you know, when I was a kid getting yelled at, there's intimacy in that. And I think that's a pretty controversial take. Because there's nothing else going on. I'm really with this situation. Mm. Now, things might be happening. I might be traumatized. I might be working overtime in my hind brain to protect myself. And it doesn't mean it's not intimate. Um, and I don't think there's one way, to, at least for me, to pigeonhole what intimacy is. Certainly, sexual interactions can be intimate. And they can be utterly devoid of intimacy. Mm. And that's one of the things I think that's confusing for a lot of folks, yeah, especially for men, where they think, hey, we had great sex last night. What do you mean you don't feel me? What do you mean you want more affection or intimacy? Come on, babe. We had this interaction. Um, it ends up being quite confusing. Mm-hmm. So I find the more I do my own work, uh, both as a therapist and a facilitator, educator, as a partner, as a human friend, um, some of my most intimate moments involve some of the most difficult conversations I've ever had mm. or cleaning up a mess I made by telling a half truth or um, omitting something or not speaking up till far too late in the game, no matter whatever the situation might be. Mm. So, yeah. So it doesn't always have to be positive. N- no, correct. Yeah. yeah this Which whole... is, I think, what everyone thinks right this is the idea that intimacy is always pleasurable right it's part of the problem yeah that oh i had such a terrible day i i you know whatever i stubbed my toe Mm -hmm. or i got coffee spilled on me at the at the coffee shop well there's opportunities there actually to be real Mm -hmm. to be alive Mm -hmm. to be in contact with what's happening for me and in contact with those i'm in connection with Mm -hmm. And it could be quite intimate, even though there's pain or discomfort involved, which is often the case. Yeah. So there's really growth from intimacy. Ideally. Yeah. Self-growth. Yeah. Self-growth and growth for others, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you um, teach men about sexuality? Well, it varies. It's a great question. Um, I know it's a very big question. It's a big question. (laughs) It's a big, great question. Um, Similar to the, the... the theme of intimacy is that sexuality, much like Reich talked about, actually, when he talked about the function of the orgasm, he was not just talking about genital orgasms. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the wave of experience, which he would look at, like if you were to, on the radio, of course, picture, you know, a wave building and then cresting and then crashing. Mm-hmm. Um, he would say that was tension, charge, discharge, relaxation. Now, that would be the cycle of orgasm. Um, And that doesn't have to mean you're having an orgasm sexually or genitally. Um, So part of what I talk with men about very specifically is that we are sexual beings. Sexuality as generativity is a very different thing. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, when I play music, I'm a musician. I know you are, too. That is generative. That's life force. I'm in contact with something, and I'm giving myself over to something. Mm -hmm. And I'm being deliberate about it. And it can be a very, I'm going to use this word, sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And it has necessarily nothing to do with my genitals. Right. But it's a life force. It's movement. It's aliveness. Um, and so, you know, after the minds are sufficiently gathered back up from being blown, we get to have conversations about sexuality. 
that hopefully allow them to experience themselves and their partners very mm-hmm. differently. Okay. So I would imagine some of the topics you would talk about, I mean, like you mentioned already, is that, you know, hey, babe, it was great sex last <laughs> night. What's wrong? <laughs> right. So what do you say to that? Well, the first thing that comes up for me with that is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, emotional intelligence, uh, Daniel Goleman wrote a great book about it with that same title, um, is one of the inroads to intimacy as I have experienced it over and over and over. And that part of where men suffer is they don't get encouraged to have any idea what the hell that is, let alone to be good at it or to mm-hmm. try to get better at it. Being an emotional intelligence, we could say simply is attunement. It's uh, understanding and practicing empathy. It's understanding and practicing compassion, mm-hmm. compassionate action. So in terms of your, your prompt, I would invite them into, well, get curious. Curiosity is a pretty radical thing, especially for men. Mm-hmm. And it also is often a springboard into more intimacy. Mm-hmm. I have a question like, oh, wow, my partner feels distant from me, even though we were really close last night. I wonder what's happening for her. Mm-hmm. I think I'll ask a question. Okay. Well, I'm confused. Can you share more? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not uh, back to the whole men needing to be unequivocal and decisive and always know. Mm-hmm. It ends up being quite a burden and quite a barrier to love and connection. And didn't you say also that um, reconnecting with yourself and reconnecting with your partner, mm-hmm. are those some of the things that you also teach your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> How can they do that? Great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the simple answer is take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's, I don't know a thing that's more powerful than that. Um, and I, I teach the men in my groups and my clients that um, self-care is a radical act. And self-care, when it's done in this way of genuineness and not selfishness, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's good selfish and not so good selfish, is actually caring for our partner. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, for instance, let's say we're in a conversation and we're partnered and, and you're really wanting to talk about some hard stuff. And now I could do the thing that personally I, I got really good at, which is overriding my experience overriding my emotions and just blindly allying with you. You betcha, Sakura. Let's talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm in, babe. Except I'm not really in because I've overridden my anxiety, my fear. Uh, Maybe I'm exhausted. Maybe I've had a really rough week coming off a cold, had a traumatic experience. Who knows what? And I'm not actually showing up for you. Mm. It might look like it on the surface, and this is where a lot of couples get into trouble. Right. Is that, oh, she asked I showed up. She's still unhappy. I don't know what to do. <laughs> right? Right. She's crazy. I'm out of here. Whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what are some other issues that men bring to the table or to the fire? To the fire. Yeah. Um, confidence is a big one or lack thereof. A mm. uh, lot of confusion in relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of men come to the fire series um, in rough places. Uh, places where I look at it and think, wow, you've been there for how long? Like mm-hmm. really brutal places in terms of a lack of closeness and affection in their primary relationships. Um, they also come with a lot of challenges around career. Um, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly depression and anxiety, um, quite common. Okay. Yeah. In all their relationships, correct? Not just their mm-hmm. personal, intimate relationship. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the changes that you see with these men that have been coming to your group? Yeah, I love that. Uh, What's great is I have a group that just finished, so it's really fresh. Um, And this is true with clients oftentimes. It's one of the most encouraging things. And uh, some Reiki therapists actually will take pictures of people when they begin therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then show them a picture of themselves six months later, two years later. And one of the things I notice, especially because of my orientation, is physiognomy, facial affect changes, and there's a softening, and there's a widening, and they're you know more expressive. There's more prosody, uh, which is uh, basically uh, how the voice modulates. Mm. So if I'm a little rigid and tightened up and pretty scared of everything, I'm probably going to talk like this. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm you know, more alive, <laughs> I, I might you know sound like I'm suddenly on a Broadway show. 
of those kinds of changes and, right. and, and they get to be reflected back to by the other men that wow. they're softening, they're taking more risks, uh, maybe even tearing up or sobbing in session, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they are much quicker to share uh, personal victories, mm-hmm. uh, much quicker to name and reflect personal victories for the other men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so camaraderie happens amazingly quickly in just nine weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, so stick around for more Love from the Hip. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Years in the making, doctor recommended, and available through Amazon. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Coming up January 7th on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair, 11-time number one New York Times bestselling author Robin Carr. We'll talk about her latest book and upcoming Netflix original drama. Robin says there's a need for positive drama, not just goody two-shoes, everything is beautiful kind of stories, but a kind of story where people have real problems to resolve, where characters provide inspiration as role models to women. Tune in Mondays at noon Pacific time and Fridays at 6 a.m., Catch up on past shows at conversationslive.net. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Reikian and somatic psychotherapist and founder of the Men's Fire series, Jeff James Howard. And so before the break, Jeff, you were telling us some of the physical transformations you see mm-hmm. with men. Do you also see a change in their complexion? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do um, they get younger? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's something you want to sell, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say uh, <clears throat> they get more youthful. Yeah. Um, and I think, which leads me to another really important point when it comes to, I think, culturally defined masculinity Mm. is that we're pressed into adulthood far too soon Mm. and it's a false adulthood right and part of what gets unwound in these groups is men realizing oh wow i'm not actually happy living out someone else's ideal and the more i listen to myself and act from that place uh the more i think what i would call uh, or bill plotkin who's a depth depth psychologist i follow closely uh, I'm an initiated adult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which paradoxically has me feeling more youthful, more alive, more right. spontaneous, more joyful. Yeah. And yeah. do you think also part of that is reconnecting with that wounded boy, right? Because you're, you're mm-hmm. healing them, but you're also healing that wounded boy. Well, the boy gets a chance to come back out. Mm-hmm. So often I see there's a term in, in psychotherapy called parentification. 
and you might have heard this, where kids, and this happens so regularly, to no usually conscious fault of any parent, often it's circumstantial, we get handed responsibilities far too early. Mm -hmm. And we become parents. We become uh, adult-like figures, authority figures. And oftentimes we parent our parents when they merge with us emotionally. Yeah. Um, The caretaker complex. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very well versed in this with one of my last guests. So, Mm. yeah, for sure. So what has this changed for you in your own personal relationships, having this Mm. group? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, It's very much increased my humility Mm. and my gratitude. Uh, In addition, I do wilderness work as well. Um, It has me more open to and receptive to the mystery of how this stuff works. Mm. Uh, like I said, I, I don't make it complicated. We sit around a fire. I add enough structure that we create enough safety and enough trust, and we get to speak what's true, and we get reflections, and we get to be heard. Um, so I've been humbled consistently mm. uh, about the power of gathering with intention. Mm. Um, and part of the way I structure the groups, and I tell every man, uh, every man this when we start the group, that I'm a facilitator slash participant. I don't just stand and sit over here and tell you what to do and tell you you're not good enough <laughs> like that. Uh, I participate, so I do my own sharing. Right. And likewise, they're facilitator slash participants. Mm-hmm. So I encourage the, the empowering process of challenging me. If mm-hmm. you don't believe something I'm, I'm saying or you want to hear more, you're free to challenge me. And I'm free to receive it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it certainly made me a better man in terms of I'm more accepting. Uh, I also know myself more deeply mm-hmm. um, that I do have endowments around presence and holding space and facilitation. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't take it lightly. Um, and, and I'm always learning. Okay. Yeah. Would you say also, because it seems like your gathering is very spiritual in a sense. Has Mm. that opened that realm up for you a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. It's become far more of a ceremony Mm. uh, that each of the groups I treat as discrete entities and certainly a part of the larger whole. Mm -hmm. Um, And I take it seriously. There's more reverence in me than I've ever experienced. And, And the group is a big part of it. And... I am certain that's part of what contributes to the men's capacity to show up more vulnerably Hmm. because I'm not there to screw around. I'm not there just to make a buck. Uh, I'm actually there to aid in something happening, whether it's transformation, healing, awakening, enlivening, empowering. Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any upcoming workshops? like to share yeah thank you i do i've got one coming up in the end of january Mm -hmm. saturday the 26th of january it's called healing the divide and specifically it's around uh i I co-lead this was created by a woman named dr hazel grace yates and we this will be our second time co-leading this and it's all around healing the divide between men and women centered on sexuality Mm. and it's a gorgeous process where we come together as a larger group and then the men form an inner circle, and there are questions around sex and sexuality, sexual abuses, sexual trespasses, and the women hold space in silence. Mm-hmm. And there's time for reflection for their experience for the men. And then in the afternoon session, we trade places hmm. where the women form the inner circle and go through the same process. Wow. And the men sit in silence. And a lot happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? well uh tears anger Mm -hmm. a lot of laughter um deep impact around uh this is so common for men and women to say about the other i had no idea Mm. and to be in tears while saying it Mm -hmm. and and to have so much more understanding and compassion for the experience of the other Mm -hmm. so um it's quite the beautiful leveler yeah when it comes to our our separate experiences i bet it's a great release too just for each sex to just release on each sex what they've had pent up for so long. Yeah, it's right? definitely they, they can get pissed. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. Uh, and it's held in a way that um, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And so how many of these have you had already? Sorry. Well, this will be the second one I'm co-leading with Hazel Grace. Okay. Um, and she's done dozens of them. And are these only done in Boulder? No, or? they're nationwide. And, and what are they called again? Sorry. Healing the Divide. Healing the Divide. Yeah, okay. with Dr. Hazel Grace Yates. And so that's coming up at the end of January. Okay. So yeah. what is your mission with your men's group? Where do you hope to go from here? Oh, it's such a great question. It's evolving, and I would say re- it's getting refined little by little. Mm-hmm. Uh, empowerment is central. Um, okay. Expression is central. Uh, a community is central. Those are, those are the biggies. How do we help? men to be more vulnerable, more fully expressed, more spontaneous, more alive, more accountable? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we help them build community that has more substance? Back to the reason I started these groups in the first place. Mm-hmm. I wanted more community with substance. But that wasn't the exception. That was the norm. And I want to encourage them to do that in their daily lives. That's the whole purpose. How do you live this forward? Mm-hmm. It's great to come to a group. It's great to go to therapy. And if nothing's changing in your world, you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how can my listeners follow you or learn more about the Men's Fire series? Well, they can certainly go to my website, uh, threeleavescounseling.com. Um, they can find me on Facebook, Jeff James Howard. Okay. Yeah. And are you taking clients over here too or just in Boulder? You know, I do work remotely quite a bit. Okay. So if someone wanted to find me and it was a good fit, yeah, I I've, I work with folks in the Netherlands and South America. Wow. <laughs> here in Washington, California, so all over the place, all Canada. Right. Well, great. Well, yeah. thanks again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. It's yeah. great to be here. Yeah, and thank you to Eric for all his fabulous work, and thank you to the listeners. And uh, you can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love From The Hip, and that's H-Y-P. And remember, if you are interested in being hypnotized on an online edition of Love From The Hip and sharing your experience with listeners later on the air or have any questions or comments, then feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Stick around for my Get Hip segment and tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love From The Hip. And make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare you. On this Get Hip segment, I would like to talk about a recent session I had with a client I saw for her desire to want to stop her habit of drinking wine every night with dinner. Although she is not an alcoholic and is only having a couple of glasses, she just wanted to be able to forego the wine. In the session, it was revealed that this habit that she began while she was in her long marriage started because she felt bored and alone. It was a coping mechanism for her in her failed marriage. So she was just continuing a learned behavior, but at the same time, she was unfortunately also carrying on the same feeling of loneliness she had in her marriage as well. Although she was fine with spending time by herself, she was not happy with always being a homebody and craved human companionship. And so after some NLP and processes, the client was able to feel less inclined to want to drink wine every night and instead pursue some exciting events where the potential to make solid human companionships and rewarding relationships could be made. If you are interested in exploring a habit through hypnotherapy, feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com or call 206-730-7429.